Ladies and gents, welcome back to the Relax Running Podcast today. We've got an athlete who I'm pretty sure she doesn't really need an introduction, but in case you're new around here, Genevieve Gregson is an Australian Olympian over the steeplechase. She's a star from 1500 to 10K. She's just an all-round good human, easy person to talk to, and uh, I've been speaking to her for the last couple of weeks, trying to organise a time for us to, to lock in a podcast, and we decided 8am on a Saturday morning, this morning was the time to do it. So it was a uh, it was a really good chat. It's always a good chat with her. So I know that even as a bloke who's been in the sport for 20 years, I find these conversations helpful and enlightening, and uh, and I'm sure you're going to uh, find the same. So hey, enjoy this one with myself and Genevieve Gregson. It's, a, it's another banger, all right? If you liked it, shoot her a message, send her some love. Tell her what you liked about it. Give her a follow on Instagram. Not that she needs it. I mean, she she makes my Instagram look like an embarrassment. I think she's got, I don't even know what she's up to now. She's well over 100,000 followers, which in the distance running scene, it's incredible. Anyway, you'll find out why. She's a cool chick. So listen to this one. Enjoy. So you guys are back up in Brisbane, did you say? Or back up in Brisbane or you've moved to Brisbane? We've moved to Brisbane, yep. So that was a decision. Um, we always wanted to end up in Queensland, but it was definitely not something that we considered doing during our professional career. Um, but after Tokyo and just the way things panned out, I just thought it would be a really good opportunity to start a family. And Ryan and I always said that we needed to be close to at least one set of parents um, when we decided to start a family and with Ryan and I still wanting to do a lot of running and, you know, eventually marathon training, we thought we'll, you know, move to Queensland, have all my family there to help with a child and yeah, keep the, the running dream alive. It's such a good move. So we're up in, in Cairns right now. Sorry about that, by the way. I um, had to reschedule the other day because I won't go into it now because we've only got a limited time, but bloody missed our flight. We're up in Cairns at the moment with Jesse's mum and it's such a good move. It's a game changer having just the family around to be able to just give you a little yeah. chop out from time to time. It's been so nice for us. Like they, uh, she's taking him down to the beach right now and me and Jesse are like, oh my gosh, like this is, yeah. I, f- I forgot what, what free. <laughs> yeah. It's good. How's the, uh, how's the move been for you? Yeah, it's been really smooth and exactly that. I I think we forgot what it's like to be so close to family. I mean, Ryan's been traveling even longer than I have, but we both left home at a really young age. And even though we've always come home to see family, you know, during the holiday season or during off season, it's crazy to, you know, remember how helpful it is to have just someone around the corner, like right now. I mean, I have three brothers, but right now I have one of well, my oldest brother around the corner. And it's, I feel like I call on him every single day to do something handy around the house. And, you know, it's just little things like that that you forget is so helpful when you have family close by. So um, we've de- definitely taken advantage of being in Brisbane and having my whole family tree scattered around the place because we probably have someone over here every day doing something or helping out somehow. And I think with a baby on the way, that's going to become very valuable. It's such a good move. Were you a Brisbane girl growing up? Yes, I was born on the Gold Coast and went to school in Brisbane. Uh, But like I said, I moved when I was 18. So I don't really know like Brisbane that well. I grew up more like Logan, Gold Coast Logan. So Ryan actually knows the city much better than me, but I'm the true Queenslander. Um, he's still coming to terms that our baby boy is going to be a Queenslander. He's very <laughs> upset about that. But, um, it'll make state of origin a little more interesting. 
Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, no one cares about AFL up this way, do they? It's, uh, it's interesting. No. I was nervous I wasn't going to be able to watch Carlton Sydney last night. Actually, Greg's a, uh, well, we, Grine would be a sad man today, wouldn't he? He's a Sydney boy. Isn't yeah. He? Well, I'm a sad woman because I had a bet on just because he loves the Swans so much and, you know, I try to keep him company and watch the game. But, yeah, I didn't grow up with AFL. So I um put a, you know, same game. What is it? A three-leg multi on it. And, yeah, that it didn't get up. <laughs> we had a very sad night last night. Amazing. He's a, yeah, an avid. He, he loves the NRL now too, but um, Swans are definitely his team. Oh, that's so funny. See, I was so nervous in that last half. I'm a Carlton boy. I shouldn't admit that on this podcast to you, especially now, especially if we want to get on well for the rest of the conversation based on the fact you just lost money. But I, um, yeah, that last half, I was getting a little bit, a little bit nervous. But um, yeah. anyway, I'm not going to sell. I'm not going to try and celebrate with you because you don't care about how happy I am this morning. You're just, you're just upset you lost your cash. I forgot that yeah, about I you. <laughs> so are you um are you like what's the what's the fitness routine like at the moment? Obviously, when you're 37 and a half weeks pregnant, running gets a bit difficult. Yeah, very difficult. No, so I um I've been it's been surprisingly uh, more active pregnancy than I thought. Um, it, more for the case that I had two Achilles surgeries in the lead up. So I obviously had that first rupture, um, you know, that was way back in August now, August 4th. And then I had the surgery August 12th. Um, and I got that um, going pretty quickly, really. Like it was slow in the sense that you had to learn everything from the start again. But by December, I was running again. And January 27th was my second surgery. And I actually, the morning of that surgery was 22 weeks pregnant, but I ran an hour that morning. So I actually got that right ruptured Achilles back to, you know, a strength that I felt, you know, I could have really progressed with my running. Um, but the plan was always to get my left Achilles sorted out because it um, you know, at the end of the day is the main problem and it's what caused me to compensate and, and rupture my right Achilles at the Olympics. Um, so I've got, I'm now kind of have completely lost track, maybe 16, 17 weeks post that surgery. Um, and yeah, that one's going really well. It's a bit more, um, a lot of Australian athletes have actually had this surgery. I think um, Jai Edwards and Jeff Risley had something similar because I reached out to them. And it's a bit more like two steps forward, one step back. It can flare up very easily. So we kind of decided since I was already getting pretty big through pregnancy to not take any risks and really try push the running. So instead, I just have kept all my strength up, done all the stuff in the gym, kept all my cross training going. But just, you know, every second day or so, if I feel like going for a jog or a walk jog, I will. Um, but I'd say about a week ago, that started to feel very uncomfortable more just so just with my belly, putting so much weight on my pelvis. So now I kind of just do more like a walk or a power walk. Um, but really my weeks look like every second day I'm doing an hour and a half on the elliptical, um, two to three times a week, I'm in the pool, whether it's pool running sessions or, you know, just a long swim. And yeah, if I can get a walk slash jog in, I'll try. So I still do quite a lot in the week, but as I said, I think that's going to slow down starting next week because I really don't feel like I can keep that up for the next few weeks. Man, I um, so Jesse, Jesse, right now, for those of you who are new to the podcast, Jesse's my wife. I um, she's right now about twenty weeks pregnant, and the second kid, I'm not sure what's happened, but she's just she's just popped. Like I, it's, I reckon she's, yeah. her yeah. tummy's bigger now than what she was at like thirty five weeks with Charlie. Yeah. It's just it's blown our mind. But she's she's really keen to, or she was keen to to keep up some kind of fitness routine like you're talking about, but it seems the only thing 
she can do is uh, is get down to the beach or, or get down to the pool and have a swim because she's been rocking like this nasty pelvis pain and she's usually pretty yeah. good with her um with her Pilates and Alice Bakey's got some awesome classes that, that Jesse's been trying to rock through just to, to strengthen her up and keep her strong but it just seems like a, a different ride for for different girls huh like it's it's unreal that you've been able to manage that and obviously something that with all your training it's probably probably equipped you pretty well for do you think yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, I've been working really closely with Alice just because um, when I first got injured, there was, wasn't much I could do. So I started Pilates for that reason. But like you said, being pregnant, it does, there is still a lot of unknown and you don't really know what you can and can't do in the sense that everybody is different. Um, the second baby is different to the first baby. And you really are um, limited when it comes to trying to return to your normal exercise routine. So Alice... Um, helpful being a physio and actually her sister's a women's health physio which has been really helpful she's um, really modified and adapted the Pilates sessions I do with her so that they are pregnancy friendly because you just find that yeah once you pop you're kind of limited to anything you can do like on your back or on your even on your front in a um, prone sort of position so I've really enjoyed that I said to Alice the other day, um, doing Pilates makes you feel like you can actually still get strength in when you're feeling a bit hopeless and like an oompa loompa. So um, <laughs> yeah, credit to her having her program out there. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. It, I learned the hard way when Jessie was pregnant with the first one, not to complain about how uncomfortable you are some nights in bed. She go, babe, are you, are you kidding? Well, look at me, look at me. I'm <laughs> yeah. an oompa loompa. Like you're in, you're in good shape. You can't, you can't complain, yeah. but Man, she's tough. I, I did a couple of classes with Alice. I logged in. There was about 20 girls in the class. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll show these girls how it's done. Like, it'd just be nice for them to see a, a really big, strong man step into the class and and just uh, and, and just tear up this lesson because I'd been in the gym and I was in good shape. Anyway, I reckon we were three minutes into the class and I was so embarrassed because the girls were absolutely just teaching me a lesson. Some of the poses, <laughs> Alice was like, Tasia, because I just faced the camera away. It's like, yeah, yeah, and I was having some trouble with the camera because uh, <laughs> we were doing it all online at the time. She was uh, like, she she doesn't muck around. I, oh, I had to go back to like so the complete much. beginner <laughs> classes because I was in embarrassment. Well, I kept blaming it on the fact that I had one foot at the start, but like I was honestly thinking to myself, I can't even plank on my knees. It has nothing to do with the fact that I have one foot. I was struggling so bad, but I think I've come a long way now and I've got another excuse. If I'm ever struggling, I just say, oh, it's the belly. <laughs> yeah, it's a good excuse. I, um, yeah, I, 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 was, uh, I was really surprised at how, how much different it was to, to the gym stuff. Cause I'd, I'd heard for ages, like I do a little bit of yoga and I do, um, you know, a lot of different forms of exercise, but it was just, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was just the way she was explaining to, to activate your muscles or move your body. It was just a, it was a real yeah. shock to the system. So I've been just trying to do online classes of hers and, and not the ones where other people can see me until I'm far yeah. more equipped because yeah. I was, uh, I lost a lot of respect that day. <laughs> yeah. was like you? when I made mine do yoga once he went in with me just to do, I think it was hot yoga though, to his um, defense. And he honestly, after a few minutes, had to just lie down on the floor. The lady was like, if you're struggling, you can just lie on the floor. And I was like, get up, Ryan, you can do this. That's so good. Is that a, is that a regular part of your routine when things are uh, when things are running normally and you're not pregnant? A hot, uh, what, yoga? hot yoga? No, for some, well, not for some reason. In 2015, I was just, you know, sick of being injured so much. And I tried to like think of all areas that I could be better at, you know, just sleep and eating and all that. And I just thought, why don't I try yoga to limber up my body? Cause I'm obviously um, not getting it right when it comes to um, just little injuries, whether it was muscle tendon, even sometimes, you know, chronic bone injury. And so I said for just 
a trial. Can we do hot yoga and see if it helps? And I don't know if it helped because I had a great 2016, but it was a period of time where I made him dragged him along to hot yoga once or twice. And he's like, I'm done. I'm not coming again. Like I nearly fainted and died. So I, I did go for like a month or so on my own, but then yes, once I limbered up, I kind of realized that I was probably sweating way too much a few times a week with my intense training in the morning. And it was just getting a bit dangerous. So I stepped away from that for a while, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah, no, that's nice. How, how are you going away from competition? Because as you as you said, like you've been running at an elite level now for for years and years. So it's a like I know you've had a couple of injuries along the way, and you've you've probably yeah. had the experience of being away from competi- competition for a little bit of time. But have yeah. you have you had a, a you know a slot in your career where you've been away from competing for for as long as you have now? No, this is definitely the longest time since. I mean, I won't even include pre-professional uh, career but yeah since 2012 this has been the first season that like I am fully committed to not trying to get back for even 2019 I pretty much missed I mean um, my injury came in early February and I didn't get back until right before world champs um, in Doha which felt like a significant time off then um, but this is the first time I know in my mind that it's not worth rushing back for. I mean, I don't know how useful I would be by the end of competition season this year, but um, it is, it's hard in the sense that I know I still love it and I still miss it being away from it and and going through the last uh, nine months hasn't made me feel like I'm ready to step away. It's, it's done the opposite. Like I, I even said to Ryan, we have some of the MTC crew in Mount Laguna right now. And the last time we were in Mount Laguna would have been 2017. And I just said to him, I'm like, I miss that so much. I could be there right now. I could click my fingers and, you know, slot straight back into that routine. Whereas Ryan's a little different. Like he definitely feels that, um, you know, Mount Laguna was so fun when we did that training camp, but he's like, no, that's not necessarily what I miss. He's like, I miss racing and being in good shape and, and um, traveling, but I don't miss all the training camps and being away from home for so long. So he's like eager to get back and race. Whereas I miss the whole lifestyle, which is mm. funny to say I'm about to have a baby. Um, but it just makes you realize you do still love it. I haven't lost that fire. So as soon as I get the all clear to start getting my body back in the right shape, you know, I will be doing that. It's going to look a lot different and I'm sure I'll have a lot of help to get me there, but um, I'm just excited to see what it's like on the other side, being a mum and a runner. I was thinking about you yesterday, actually. Um, I was, I was on my morning run. I was thinking about you and, and Jess Trengove because I was really interested to see how how Jess or Stenson, sorry, Jess Stenson. Um, yep. I was really interested when she was pregnant to to see how she would come back on the other side of the running, uh, on the mm-hmm. other side of of the the pregnancy, and it, it blew my mind just how well she made yep. that transition. A lot of a lot of women make that transition really well, don't they? Like I think she's running, yeah. or I don't know about all of her PBs, but I'm I'm like ninety percent confident she ran her her uh, marathon PB post Billy, which yep. was which was insane. So it's kind of an exciting prospect for you to go, all right, well, we get to build our little family. And it doesn't mean, as, you, as you've already hinted at, it definitely yeah. doesn't mean that elite competition's over. And especially, it seems, with, with the marathon distances that you sort of suggested you're going to start moving towards, there just seems yeah. to be a really good ability for, for, for girls to get back and just get their body yeah. in shape and start busting out some scary times. Yeah, and there's so many examples. I mean, Jess is a great example, and I thought of her the other day recently too because I think it was Launceston when it was pushed. It's normally in uh, June, the Launceston Running Festival, and they moved it to December because of COVID. And I was there, and I remember Jess, like, still explaining that she was, like, 
expressing her milk and like trying to prepare. It was a, like maybe even the first night away from Billy. And I was just like, how are you doing this right now? And it was one of her first races back and she just seemed to kind of hit the ground running. And I don't even really remember her having time away after giving birth. It just felt like one minute she was pregnant, one minute she was out racing again. And I mean, that's why like, I'm so lucky. I've got so many good role models and examples like that. Eloise, I, you know, had a really long phone call with her just recently. And yeah, I just blasted her with every question I had about returning to um, running, you know, after having a baby. And she's the same, like all her greatest accomplishments in her career, I believe have come post Indy, which was, you know, 2012, she fell pregnant after the Olympics. I mean, think of her 2016 Olympics. So, and, and what she's doing now on the roads, I, I just feel like, um, you know, I can name several women that are in a similar situation and um, I don't doubt for a second that I can't follow in their footsteps. Yeah, that's so exciting. That's so, it sounds like Ryan's distracting you to your left there, is he? No, got it's the, got dog, a flu. the dog. I thought he had a cold. The dog can hear Ryan waking up and she's doing little barks. <laughs> <laughs> little excited barks. Yeah, awesome, yeah. awesome. Um, so, so, so the marathon distance is, is definitely, you know, what sort of got your attention. It might be too early to, to even hear about like what the plans and stuff for that look like. Are you um, like, are you penciling anything in as to how far ahead you, you want to make him? It, it'd be a marathon debut, wouldn't it? Because your, your career today has yeah. been on the track, like 15 steeples and, and sort of your tents. Yeah, I've definitely never got even close to the marathon distance in training. Um, that's a, That worries me a little bit because even some of our girls before they did marathons like Charlotte Perdue and Sinead Diver and um, even Eloise, I just feel like they had done the two-hour long runs and got a little closer to that distance in their legs. Um, I mean, I've done an hour 45 as a long run for a few years now. Um, so it doesn't seem that much different, but I've never been a super high mileage, uh, runner just purely due to injury. But I think my injuries have always come from the intensity of the track. And like I said, my major injury of my career has been an Achilles and I actually got on top of it and was able to manage it when I took out, um, spikes and speed work and hills and um, rough terrain. Like as soon as I could control all those little parts of my training and kind of cut them out and top it up with cross training or other ways of getting fitness, I stopped getting injured mm. for a while there. And so I just feel like with the marathon, it gives you that sort of freedom. It's not necessarily about making sure every Monday night you're going out and doing your strides and, and staying really strong and fast for the track. Uh, and even doing really heavy lifting in the gym. Um, it's more about getting that time on your legs on a flat surface or on the road. And I've watched the girls in our group and MTC do it so well. And I just think that training will actually benefit me more than what I've been trying to do my whole career. Um, it's just whether I can handle, you know, there's a lot of work to do. And um, Nick Badeau, our coach, uh, he's had so much success with women when it comes to marathon running. So I don't doubt that, he can't write a program that will suit me, but it's just whether I can handle what he what he dishes out for me. And um, that's probably the, the most exciting thing for me. I don't know what it's going to be like and if I can handle it, but I get a lot of excitement out of the challenge and out of the unknown of something that I've never done before. And that's, I think, why I'm, I'm willing to try because it would be crazy not to. Yeah, I'm excited for you. I, I remember, um, I don't know if I mentioned this to you a couple of years ago when we caught up, but I was training for what was going to be a second marathon. This was sort of uh, before COVID and everything hit, hit pause on 
uh, the big competitions. But I remember it being at Yarra Flats running with Luke Matthews and Sam McKenty, and there was a couple of other really good athletes in the group. And I was running a lot on Matty Clark. I was running with these guys for the morning and just thinking I was a hero because we must have been, I think we were rocking around at about 4.20, 4.25. And I was like, mate, how good form am I? <laughs> and then I saw you and Sinead, and I, I don't know who else was in your group, just fly past yeah. us. I thought, this is just an embarrassment. <laughs> like I was getting so arrogant in the first 40 minutes of this run. Um, so I, I don't know if you ran an hour 45 or what you're doing that day, but it sounds like you've got a pretty nice foundation. Assume you can hold all that training together. That was another thing that you mentioned that I, I thought was really interesting on our first chat, just how you'd, you'd sort of learnt to manage that load quite well, like with your, uh, you know, switching up an afternoon 30 minute or 40 minute easy run with like a pool running session. So it yep. sounds like just the years in the sports given you a pretty good foundation to, to really understand your body. And I mean, unless yeah. you, you chuck the spanner in the works of a, an unfortunate landing at the Olympics over a steeple, yeah. um, they're, they're ones that are less easy to control. But yeah. um, you must they're be pretty confident with your ability to sort of navigate the, the training and stuff going into the marathon. Yeah, and I think that my program will always look very unorthodox. It's never going to, you know, if I could run the Ks that Sinead does or that Charlotte Perdue does, um, I would just be, I'm sure, fine. But I just can't assume that I can handle all the load that a marathon runner, you know, is typically meant to do. And I think that's where it will get tricky for me. I do need to know my boundaries as I have my whole career. Um, but again, in saying that I don't worry necessarily because it is hard sometimes to cross train when you haven't been injured in a long time, or you haven't ever had to cross train mentally and physically. It's, it's really challenging because it's, you have to cross train way harder than if you get those, um, Ks on land, but because I've done it so much, I mean, even now I've been doing it since October, like I'm still cross training from back, you know, whenever I decided to start cross training again after that Achilles rupture and it does get mentally taxing. But when I'm pairing cross training with my running program, it's nowhere near as hard because I know I'm doing it by choice. I don't have to do it. Um, and my whole week will just look like, you know, normal running, hopefully the running that, you know, Nick would schedule in the mornings and then my, my double sessions until I get healthy and strong enough will be yeah bike elliptical pool running uh, any way to get that sort of aerobic top up and um, I enjoy it I any anything that's exercise I feel like I get endorphins from and that's another reason why um, when people ask me do you think that you'll change your mind when you have a baby and not want to continue and I'm just like no because it's really the one thing um, you know, hobby-wise or recreation-wise that brings me so much joy and actually makes me feel like I get more out of my day when I've done my training in the morning. So uh, it'll be hard and it'll be different, but um, it'll be a really interesting program to follow and, and see if it gets the same sort of results versus someone that can just run 200K a week. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, I definitely don't think your mind will change. It's so funny because I, I love my little my little man, I love being around. He's a little champion, but man, I love going out for an hour run and just copping some peace and quiet and <laughs> not having to think, oh, has Charlie shed his pants? Um, <laughs> just go and enjoy the, just go and enjoy Leave, the I'll run. I'll do that with Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, was, I was really interested to talk to you about your uh, your new little coaching venture as well. I shouldn't say little because mm -hmm. it, uh, it looks unreal. It looks like it's quite big, actually. I uh, So Gregson running, it, it, it's relatively new from what I say. I saw what, maybe about... Four or five months ago, I reckon I, I saw you announce yeah. it and uh, well, went and October, checked it. October, November, yeah. Well, October, I think we announced it. 
Yeah, awesome. Awesome. How's it been on the uh, on the coaching side? I think give us a little bit of an overview on that because it's it's really exciting to see you know a, a duo like you and Brian team up to uh, to offer some well, undoubtedly like just uh, elite advice for for athletes who are who are interested in pr- improving their their running performance. But I was just I was curious to hear about the journey into that and and, and sort of what that's what that's looked like for you guys. Yeah, so we came up with the idea of it. Well, not even the idea. Ryan's always um, brought it up as something that he'd like to do on the side, never as a, a you know a full-time job just because we both knew that running was going to take us into our late 30s and we didn't want to retire anytime soon. But with 2020 rolling around and panning out the way it did with COVID, we just saw it as like a really good opportunity to at least start putting a business plan in place and talking about what we'd want to gain from having an online coaching business and yeah so Ryan was definitely the the driving force for that but we just started to you know every week or so sit down and like write some stuff down on a piece of paper and work out you know how we wanted to look um, what we wanted to get out of it we didn't want to be like a professional group and get really um, super talented athletes that you know might make world champs or the Olympics, we were definitely on a more recreational level where we wanted to just help the everyday runner be better. And um, it also came from the fact that we constantly are asked that through social media, just really basic questions um, about staying motivated or, you know, what's the best way to improve my 5k time if my, you know, week looks something like this, am I doing something wrong? And after a while, we realized there was just so many people that were coming to us for advice purely just because we'd, we'd done it for so long. So um, by the end of 2020, we came up with a bit of a business plan of when we wanted to launch it and how we wanted to launch it. And it was always going to be post-Olympics just because we didn't want to have that distraction. And we have so many friends that have done something similar. I mean, I'm sure you've heard of Pulse Running and um, Purdue Performance. Like a lot of people in, in MTC have done something similar. So we also wanted to offer something a little different to what is already out there. And ours is definitely more kind of personal and one-on-one and individualized because we allow open communication 24-7, seven days a week, week, 24 hours a day because we have um, clients from all over the world and they have WhatsApp to contact us whenever they want. And we have a training platform, which I'm sure you've heard of and a lot of other programs use is um, Final Surge. Mm -hmm. And then we have email, obviously, which is just a more formal sort of open communication. But we, yeah, thought that would launch that post-Olympics. Obviously, we didn't know that would be in quarantine or getting a Mm -hmm. surgery done, but it actually allowed me to have a lot of time to really get it up and running like the website and all the the behind the scene paperwork and book work that we had to sort out and Ryan obviously has just been really good at um, creating the programs and getting clients on board so together I think we've made a great team and we've honestly got such a strong strong group of athletes um, that have already done really cool things like we had a, an American recently do a really big PB in Boston Marathon I think it was like a 16 minute PB which we were really proud of just because you know it's a prestigious race let alone um, her qualifying I remember her saying you know I want to I want to run a PB and what's really really interesting and exciting about what we offer is it's to allow runners to change their program as they're on the go so This athlete, for example, she travels all over America nearly daily. She is always moving. Um, I think it's more so because of her partner, but her jobs are like 
all over the place. So she is constantly messaging us being like, hey, guys, I have to travel today. Couldn't get my run in. Um, how do you want my week to look? So we'll quickly alter it. Um, and then she might be like, oh, I can't, couldn't get a session in today. Do I skip it or do you want me to move it? So we'll just switch her days around and she gets a session in later in the week. And so what we're trying to tell people is the main thing that we offer is flexibility and being adaptive to your everyday life. If yeah. you have a family, if you have a really demanding job, if um, yeah, work just keeps you on the road, we are there every day to change it if you need it. And I think most of the clients that we have that are really succeeding are the ones that take full advantage of having um, that sort of communication with us and flexibility and a little bit of mentoring. We have people say, you know, I'm just struggling. I don't, I'm, I'm seeing your program and I want to do it, but how do you wake up in the morning and, and tackle it? And we just offer little bits of advice that have helped us in our career and um, mainly just give them that sort of support that they wouldn't have if they were just reading a program off a screen. Yeah, that, that flexibility is such a good point, isn't it? I remember even with my own running career, at times I'd get so obsessive with just what was on the paper. Like, no, this has to be done. It's like, Tyce, you got a flu, mate. Like, go to bed. It's like, no, no, but I've I got, I got 90 minutes that needs to get done. Yeah, um, yeah that, that's unreal. Yeah, I, it looks really good. One, one of the things I liked, I had, a, I had a good look through your website just to see what it was that you guys were doing. And one of the things I liked was the... Um, the the singlet uh, it reminded me of like martial arts like the singlet grading like that gradual progression yeah. through yeah have I got that right that was that you guys the single did you say singlet or single uh, sorry the singlet oh yeah no we don't have we offer singlets at one they've made a year at what is it sorry at one year, it's like an incentive to get through a year oh, training. I thought that was cool. So I, I <laughs> pictured like this uh, this grading system, like you, you gradually work your way from white belt to black belt. <laughs> yeah. so I'm pretty sure we discussed that. It's like, yeah, or, you know, with Park Run, how you get different shirts for how many runs you've done. Mm-hmm. Um, like you can get to like 500 Park Runs. Um, I, we were saying that we should have like a grading system where it's more like time you've been with us, you get like certain colored shirts, but merchandise is something that we will get on top of, but, um, it's just been all about getting the business going, getting the clients in and making sure that people are happy with our services. And, mm-hmm. and then we've added little things in like the training plans. If you're looking for a little less commitment rather than that one-on-one constant chat, um, we now offer if there's a race that you're kind of targeting, for example, the most recent one is Gold Coast Marathon. We had people uh, contact us and say, you know, I want a 12-week program or a 16-week program that leads me up into Gold Coast and, you know, allows me to perform, you know, as good as possible. We get all the information off them. What's their PB? What sort of running are they doing? Um, what's their lifestyle like? And then we create this individualized program that they can follow they, it doesn't have the constant contact with us. And that's the only thing that makes it hard. If, if they have a hiccup or an injury, we're not there to guide them through it. Um, but it's still like a great program for them to follow and yeah, uh, tackle whatever race they have in mind. Yeah, that's really good. It's really good. So you're, you're enjoying that whole process. Like you're, uh, you're on board together, huh? You haven't just been dragged yeah. into it. <laughs> no, no. Well, Ryan he was the passion behind the project, yeah. but the thing that's really crazy is you you really get involved in their journey and like a PB, when they text us and say, oh, you know, I did a PB or I ran really well here, you really do enjoy it and it's kind of a nice feeling to um, appreciate someone else's PBs or success, um, even at a completely different level that than we perform. Um, I, I find that's been the most satisfying part of the job. 
Yeah, it's such a good point. I, I find the same thing. I was uh, I, I officially stopped my competitive running in 2014 and always followed it really closely, but hadn't hadn't had much to do uh, sort of hands on with the actual running scene. And then when I got when I got back into relaxed running, it was so nice because I found the exact same thing with the athletes that I'm coaching. It was always it's always enjoyable not only to plan the programs but also to yeah. to just see the little breakthroughs. You feel like you're uh, you're still pretty yeah. heavily involved. Um, yeah, and especially when they're when you know what their lead ups like, and if you don't think it's been ideal, but then they come through and do something, you know, that surprises you. You're like, wow, you know, you get really motivated, and you're like, imagine what you could do if the prep went, you know, totally smoothly. So, um, it has its perks. That's so true. I had a I had a bloke Aaron in uh in New Zealand just on the weekend. He was supposed to be running a half marathon race, and about a month and a half ago, he got whacked by COVID really hard. Anyway, long story short, we're a little bit like, all right, we'll just we'll, we'll, we'll take it as it comes, like a couple of weeks out, we'll make our decision, see how you're feeling. And he ended up going out. He messaged me the day after. He's like, hey, I didn't quite make the actual race, so I just did a half marathon time trial. He's like, I just missed my PB. And I was like, dude, that's, that's so incredible. Like, it was, uh, was mind-blowing. I, uh, I don't think he quite appreciated how, how well he had done because you know what it's like when you're out there and you're just trying to pace yourself by yourself. Oh, yeah. It's like it's trying to maintain a PB pace by yourself when you don't have a group around you who are sort of targeting the same things. Is, so much harder. so yeah. bloody hard, isn't it? Yeah, that's the hardest way to do it, especially knowing that you haven't had an ideal prep. Like that would constantly be in your head the whole way when it gets hard. Yeah, no, it's so true. Have you guys flirted with the idea of doing a podcast? I reckon I reckon you, you two would have an unreal podcast. Um, probably. Uh, I don't think we're, our banter would be interesting enough to have a, an audience. <laughs> like, I mean, maybe people would be interested in like the part, the running part, but um yeah, we've definitely never done. I don't think Ryan would. He just loves listening to his sporting podcasts. Like if I ever get him to do, a, you know, go get a shopping list or, um, you know, do something around the home or fold washing, he just puts his sporting podcast straight in and off he goes. Like he's just in another world. <laughs> so so good, he wants yeah. to listen to us talk about running together. That that's would so funny. Crazy. See, that's clearly a running nerd comment uh, coming out of me just there because I thought that'd just be such a fantastic conversation yeah. to hear about the ins and outs of the Gregson running family. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe it'll get more interesting like in the next six months that people probably want to know. But as of now, um, we do a lot of podcasts um, like I'm talking to you now. So I think people have heard everything we have to say. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny as well. I don't know if you're the same, but it's always harder to listen back to yourself. Always. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I probably think a podcast with you is so much more interesting than you think a podcast with you is. Yeah. I said that to Ryan the other day. I was like, I was doing a, I think it was on SEN radio because I was talking to Tim O'Shaughnessy about it, but I, yeah, they were kind of asking me about running from, you know, day dot whenever it started right through to present time. And I said to Ryan and Tim that when I was telling my stories, I felt bored of, of myself. I was like, <laughs> I'm boring myself. I hope I'm not boring any of the listeners out there, but my stories sound so boring to me. Uh, what, because you've just said them so many times and you remember? Yeah, it and like I, yeah, yeah, and you maybe you feel scripted at some point because you're telling a story or even like going over Tokyo. I've I've done that a lot. Um, and even though that one is very recent and the, the memory is scarring and I, you know, can remember it so vividly, Me still too. telling Me that too. story. Yeah, <laughs> telling that story again. I'm like, wait, have I already said that on this podcast or is this just like me repeating myself from another time that yeah you kind of just feel like you're explaining your story just in different ways and you do get bored of yourself oh man that's so funny 
what do you guys, uh, what do you got planned for the rest of the day? For those of you listening, it's a Saturday morning. Uh, Jen and I mm-hmm. decided to, to get our act together. Actually, speaking of not remembering if we've mentioned this already, I don't know if I've said that. 8 a.m. Saturday <laughs> morning was the uh, was the start yeah. time to this. Um, yeah. What do you what do you guys got on for the uh, the rest of the day? Um, well, we're going out with my brother and his partner tonight. So we were going to do a yard day today. This is the the riveting life of the Gregsons. But it's pouring rain in Brisbane. It's cold. Um, so we'll probably both do a bit of cross training. I've got 90 minutes on the elliptical and then go to a cafe to plan what we're doing for the rest of the day. As, as you all know, a baby is imminent and I could pop at any moment now. So we have a lot of stuff to get ready in the house. Ryan put a bed together last night and I put a car capsule in the car. You, so that is impressive. Then, I, I don't know how yeah, you've got I think a car it needs capsule to be, by yourself. No, it needs to be checked. The child is not safe. <laughs> after I've done it, but at least it's in there for when we go to the hospital. But um, yeah, a lot of little things to do around the house. Nothing, nothing wild um, because yeah, we're preparing for the inevitable. Yeah, when you when you messaged me yesterday and said you could pop it any minute, I thought, man, this would be so good for my podcast numbers if it could just happen. <laughs> if it could just happen the forty minutes on here, imagine that as a clip. Yeah. You're like you're dragging it out just in case I start. <laughs> oh man, oh Jen, it was uh, it's so good to catch up with you again. I, I won't keep chatting because you got the rest of your Saturday to enjoy. But uh, it's so no, I can't believe it's, it's been over two years since that first one in the back of Tim's backyard there. So it was uh, it was nice to catch yeah. up again, have a chat, and. Uh, yeah, really excited for you guys and, and what you got coming the next couple of months. No, thanks for having me. I um I enjoyed this chat because I feel like you didn't make me go over some stories of my boring life. <laughs> I felt like it was all new information. That's such a relief um, to me as well because yeah. I don't want anyone to be here going, this is so boring. What a shit podcast. I heard Jen's story. Like, why is she talking about this again? <laughs> no, all I right, really Jen. appreciate it. All right. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. Thank you.